All right, Merry Christmas, City First Church. How's everybody doing? Well, listen, let's say hello to everyone at City First Anywhere right now, everyone at Cape Coral, Southwest Florida. Give it up for our favorite locations, God Behind Bars, Dixon, Hardy, and everyone joining on the Pando app, and obviously everyone here at the State Line location. Uh, we are so, so excited if you're in the State Line or here at Spring Creek. Uh, we are just glad that you are here. And I just want to take a moment and I want to share today a message that I have called the Big Questions of Christmas. The big questions of Christmas. Before I do that, I realize that uh, there are many people that are joining us that are guests for the very first time. Maybe you're tuning in from your living room or your smartphone for the very first time. And I just want to say a warm greeting on behalf of Jen and myself. I hope that you feel welcome today. And I really hope that you consider coming back and actually making City First your home. How many of you would like to see everyone who are guests come back, right? Come on. It would not be the same without you. And I realize that many of you are just kind of maybe getting to know us, and maybe you don't know the DeWert family, so I thought I'd do this. I thought I would share um, our Christmas card with you. This is our Christmas picture, our Christmas card. And we're still a little bit old-fashioned here. Uh, we actually mail out physical Christmas cards still with our family picture on it, and I know many of you do that also. Um, in fact, every year, the DeWerts, we get dozens and dozens of Christmas cards from many of you mailed to our house or to the church. And uh, pretty soon, a stack of them starts accumulating on the kitchen counter. Now, I evidently committed the cardinal sin of Christmas cards this year because about two weeks ago, the stack was getting pretty tall. And I mean, we had opened up all of these different Christmas cards, your Christmas cards, these beautiful pictures of family and friends. And it's just started to accumulate on the counter. And we were having a bunch of people over that night for a dinner party. And so I thought, well, we've already looked at these. And so I went, and I took the stack, and I threw them away. Now, now listen, I, I realize this is a cardinal sin. I didn't, I didn't understand this. But, um, but anyway, I put them in the garbage. Next morning, I get up, and I notice that the stack of Christmas cards are back on the counter again. And later on that night after work, I came home, and I asked Jen. I'm like, Jen, I'm like, why did you take the Christmas cards out of the garbage? And she got a little feisty with me. You know, Jen can get a little feisty. And she asked me the question. She didn't even answer my question. She asked me the question. She said, why would you throw those away? And I thought to myself, I thought, well, because I already looked at them, right? I mean, I looked at them. Do you want me to look at them again? I mean, I don't know, you know. And Jen just said this. She goes, no, I'm going to actually tape them up around the door frame of the main entrance into our kitchen. And I'm going to do that on Christmas so that we could celebrate all of our friends and family from around the world, literally. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I looked at them once. I mean, I, I'm such a guy, right? You know? And, um, and here's the thing I think about Christmas cards and Christmas pictures specifically. And that is this. They don't truly depict what's going on in the moment. Like, if you have ever had... A, a photo session with your children, especially young children, right? And you're trying to capture the perfect picture. I, I will just say that the perfect picture that you put on your Christmas card is not what's really going on, right? I remember when our two oldest boys were a lot younger, when they were really small, before Paxton, our third boy, was in the picture. Um, I remember that we would try to gather around for these Christmas pictures, and, and I mean, they would be, you know, fighting and throwing punches and, and, and you know, crying or not smiling or whatever 
and, and I remember the photographer every year would just be like, hey, Jer, Jen, just look at the camera and keep smiling. Just keep smiling. And then literally they're just like, taking all of these like dozens, hundreds, literally, of photos, hoping that we would get one where someone is not crying or spitting or punching or whatever, you know? And, and, and so, I, you know, finally we would find that one, that one that, uh, that we could put on our Christmas card. Well, this is the thing. The only real Christmas picture that I've seen that I think is truly accurate of what was going on in the moment is this one right here, all right? This one right here. In other words, Santa take back baby brother. I mean, that, that, that for me, that for me seems like that was an accurate one. Well, in life though, in life, I don't know about you, but in life sometimes um, we have a picture of how life should be, but it doesn't look like that in our everyday reality, right? And I could even maybe put it a different way. You know, the reality of our life does not line up with our expectations, like you pictured marriage to look a lot different than what it really is. Or maybe you pictured parenting to look a lot different than what it really is day after day, right? Or maybe you pictured 2021 to be totally different than 2020, remember? Remember when we got into 2021, we're like, it's a new year. 2020 has gone away. And then 2021 happened, right? You pictured it a little bit different, or maybe you pictured your health different, or your finances different, or your family different, or your career, or maybe just generally the world different. In fact, do this with me. Go back in your mind, if you can remember this, go back to what it was like in 2019 for a moment. You remember what it was like in 2019? Remember what it was like before mass, before all this talk about vaccinations, before there was a virus called COVID, before all of the craziness happened, remember in 2019 what life was like? Now, it wasn't perfect, but let me ask this question. Would you have ever pictured the last two years the way that they've been? Well, the answer is no. In fact, uh, someone told me this this week, that 2022 is actually pronounced 2022. I'm like, no! <laughs> no! See, sometimes things don't pan out the way that we pictured them to be. And here's a good question. The question is, where did you get that picture in the first place? The picture of how life should be, the picture of how your family should be, how, how your, your career should be. Like, how did you form that picture? I think that's important. And also, when your picture does not line up with your expectations. In other words, the picture of what really happens in life doesn't line up with the picture of your expectation. Guess what? There's all kinds of questions and there's all kinds of doubts and sometimes frustration, sometimes sadness, sometimes even anger, right? I mean, we've experienced all those things in the last, oh, 24 months almost, right? So let me take a moment and let me take you to the Christmas card, the Christmas picture of the very first Christmas, all right? This is what it looked like, all right? Actually, that's not what it looked like. In fact, we see this all the time, and, and this is actually a beautified, a preferred, and a, you could almost say, photoshopped or painted 
picture of how we depict the first Christmas, how we wish it would have looked, but it didn't look anything like this. In fact, it looked entirely different. The very first original Christmas was actually full of a lot of confusions, a lot of confusion and a lot of big questions. A lot of big questions. I want to talk about questions. It says in Matthew chapter 1, in fact, Matthew gives us the Christmas story, and, and he kind of gives the FedEx version, you could say. He kind of gives the concise version of the Christmas story. We're going to read that today. It says this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now imagine being Mary here for a moment. Imagine being Mary. We read all this. We read the Christmas story every year, right? And, and, and in fact, we read it and we kind of go, oh yeah, Mary got pregnant. No, no, I want you to think about it for a moment. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. You found your future husband. You're planning the wedding. In fact, maybe even you have picked the date. You are excited. Your family's excited. Everybody is like in on this. It is a big deal. And then this is the moment where the angel appears and says, you're going to become pregnant and you're going to give birth to the Messiah, the Son of God. But you're still a virgin and your whole life is in front of you. In fact, theologians believe that Mary was somewhere between the age of 12 and 16 years old, so let's call her 14. Your whole life is in front of you. And, and, and here's the thing, in that day, if you got pregnant out of wedlock, like if you got pregnant and you weren't married, that literally could become fatal. Like, like in that day, that was so frowned upon that they would literally sometimes kill you or at best, they would ostracize you. Your family would disown you. Your friends would disown you. So when Mary is getting this information, hey, you're going to be pregnant and you're not married yet, she asks this very important question, a question of Christmas. She asks, how is this going to work? Like, how is this going to work? Because she's thinking to herself, not only am I a virgin, but with this reality comes a whole bunch of domino effect collateral damage. <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of splaining is going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to have to explain a lot of things. How is this going to work? And I, I will say that that's what some of us are probably thinking right now in 2021. We're looking at our life, we're looking at our family, our careers, we're, we're looking at, at maybe our finances, our health picture, we're even looking at the world right now and the, the, you know, this new form of the virus that's supposedly spreading all over and we're asking ourselves, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And some of us today are carrying a very heavy burden because every night when we lay our head on the pillow, we are asking ourselves silently, how is this going to work? Maybe, how's the marriage going to work? How's it going to work with the challenges that I'm having at home, at work, at school? How's it going to work? And that's a very important Christmas question. Because Mary asked the exact same question. Then goes on to say in Matthew chapter 1 verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. What does that mean? Does he, he obeyed the speed limit? No, that's not what he meant. 
It means this. It means that he was a faithful person to the law of God. In other words, he obeyed God, all right? It says this, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace because, again, if Mary's pregnant, this is a big deal, and so he's trying to protect her to some degree, but this is what it goes on to say. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Quietly. See, Mary had been alone, alone on a trip and had been visiting her cousin for months. Her cousin's name was Elizabeth and been staying there, and that's when she found out that she was pregnant. And now all of a sudden, Mary comes back to her hometown and meets up with her fiancé, Joseph, and says, Hey, I have something to tell you. Can we go on a, can we go on a coffee date? Can we hit up Starbucks for a moment? Because I want to talk to you a little bit. And when they go out, all of a sudden, Mary says, By the way, you might notice something's going on here. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Now put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a second. Your fiance has just been away for over three months. Okay? Comes back into town and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but I haven't had sex. <laughs> and says, oh, by the way, you see there was this angel. This angel that showed up and, and said that I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that guess what? I'm pregnant with the Son of God, who is the Messiah, who, by the way, our people have been waiting for for over 1,700 years, been anticipating this moment. So, so Joseph, things are a little different right now when it comes to our wedding plans, because I'm pregnant and I'm still a virgin. Now, I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a second. You're hearing all this. Do you buy it? No, <laughs> of course not. You're like, okay, let me get this straight. You're gone for three months, and now you come back, and you're pregnant, and you've made up this story. And Joseph didn't buy it. You wouldn't either. And in Bible days, I will tell you that, that when you became engaged, it's different than us in America right now. When you become engaged, you know, you have a little, like, engagement ring, and, and you have maybe a little ceremony where your friends are there or whatever, and they take pictures and such like that. But this is the thing. In Bible days, when you became engaged, it was like being married, but you weren't intimate yet. So therefore, it means this. To break up, you actually had to go through a divorce. That's why it says he was going to quietly divorce her. This was a big deal. This wasn't just like I'm breaking off the engagement. They were going to have to go through a divorce. And so Joseph asked this Christmas question. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? And guess what? Some of us are asking the exact same question today regarding our circumstances. How do I get out of this mess? How do I get out of this? I mean, like, for example, maybe you're a business owner, and, 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 and the supply chain has just been driving you batty, and it's, it's creating a financial impact on your business, and you're thinking, how can I get out of this? Or, or maybe, maybe you find yourself in some sort of a a, a trap, a cycle of life, a habit that is a hurt or a habit that is something that's an addiction or whatever else, and you're thinking to yourself, how do I get out of this mess? How do I move forward in my marriage? How do I move forward in life? How do I move forward after the divorce? How do I move forward, listen, with the least amount of pain, the least amount of hurt, the least amount of damage, and the least amount of struggle? How do I do that? See, Joseph was asking the exact same question as you and I 
are asking today. How do I get out of this? Well, it goes on to say in Matthew chapter 20, or excuse me, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son. And by the way, Joseph, you are going to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, okay, this was in a dream, when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, otherwise known as wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Ah, the wise men, right? The wise men. Remember, remember the first picture at the nativity scene? They're there in their garb and they're bringing their, their, their little like gifts to Jesus. Well, this is one of the many things wrong with that Christmas picture. That wasn't very accurate. In fact, the Magi, the wise men, didn't show up until two years after Jesus was born. Jesus was already two years old. In fact, you can kind of say this, the Magi were kind of photoshopped into the original Christmas picture. They weren't really there. So here, wise men ask this question, a Christmas question. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Some of us are asking the exact same thing today in 2021. Where's God in the middle of this struggle, confusion, heartache, pain? I mean, I mean, if Jesus was really there, then then why why am I sick? Why am I sick? Jesus, you're here, like you're with me. Why am I sick? Or or why did my friend pass away from COVID-related symptoms this year. I mean, Jesus, if you're really here. Or, or Jesus, where are you in the midst of the separation and the divorce? Jesus, where are you in the middle of my hurt, in the struggle? See, these are the big questions of the original Christmas. How's it going to work? How do I get out of this? And where's Jesus? Our oldest son, Caden, when he was young, he would ask really deep, intense questions to babysitters and his mom. Like, questions like, well, if Jesus died on a cross and rose again and conquered death, hell, and the grave, then why is the enemy still running around rampant doing all kinds of evil things? Why doesn't Jesus just put that to an end? Or he'd ask his mom, so Jesus never had a beginning and doesn't have an end. He's the Alpha and Omega. So he, he never had a start and he has no end. And when we die, we're going to also have no end. We're going to live in eternity. How exactly does that work? And Jen would say the same thing every time. Ask your dad when he gets home. Caden <laughs> wasn't buying it. He wasn't buying it. 
I mean, it wasn't like he was totally disbelieving. It's just like he had questions. And those questions were big questions. And what I've discovered in life is that big questions can create big doubts. And some of us in the last year or so, we've had big questions and maybe we even are carrying some big doubts. And the question of how is this gonna work and how do I get out of this and where is God, where's Jesus, have created some serious doubts in many of us. Doubts that cannot be satisfied with a simple Christian cliche answer. But can I propose this to you today before I close? That without questions and doubts, you could not have real faith. When you think about that, you see, because faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is seeking Jesus in the middle of your doubt. Because sometimes you have to have faith even though you have a lot of questions. See, you're going to have faith in something or someone. You're going to have faith in yourself to answer life's questions. You're going to have faith in someone else to answer life's questions for you. You're going to have faith in maybe money or things or success or politicians or science or something. You're going to put your faith into something to answer life's questions because we are people of faith. And what it really comes down to is this, who or what do you have faith in? See, Christmas is all about seeking Jesus while still asking questions. Mary was asking questions, Joseph was asking questions, and the wise men were asking questions, and their questions led them to the person of Jesus. You know, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, one of my favorite verses, it says this, God speaking, you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me, what does it say? With all your heart. God is not playing hide-and-seek with you. In fact, if you seek him, he also will seek you back. In fact, when you draw close to Jesus, he will always draw close to you. I'll tell you personally for a moment, not speaking as a pastor, speaking as a human, okay? I want you to know the closer I get to God, sometimes the more questions I have. I know you didn't expect me to say that. But those of you that have walked with Jesus for a long time, you know. Sometimes the closer you get to Jesus, the more questions you have. But the more I experience his presence. So I might have more questions, but I also have more of God's presence in my life. And I will say that God did not send Jesus to answer all of our questions. He sent Jesus to save us because we need God with us. Our youngest boy, Paxton, who's 10 years old, asks a lot of questions. And he, I don't know where he picked this up, by the way, but now he does the tapping thing on the shoulder. Like literally, I'll be sitting there and he'll just come up and tap me. He'll tap me or he'll go, Dad? <laughs> and, and you know what I do many times? Is many times I get down on his level and I'll say, What's up, buddy? And most of the time, he'll look at me and say, fries. 
can I get fries? But regardless of the question, whether it's an important question or whether it's a fries question, which I guess could be an important question to some of us, I get down to this level for three reasons. First, because Pax understands at that moment he has my undivided attention. Secondly, it creates the strongest connection when I'm on his level. And thirdly, it's the easiest for Paxton to hear my voice and my answer. Christmas is all about God coming down on our level. Why? Because now we understand we have his undivided attention, that it creates the strongest connection. He's not on a cloud a thousand miles in the sky. He's with us, and it's easiest to hear his voice. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You may not feel like God is with you, but the presence of God has nothing to do with feelings. God came to earth at Christmas to remind you and to remind me that he is always with us, no matter where we're at, even right in the middle of your toughest questions. Your questions do not scare God. He says, I'm going to get down on your level and let's have a conversation. I sent Jesus to come to earth, the miracle of Christmas, and then the work of the cross that we now celebrate as Easter. And I'm so glad that Jesus came down to our level. And when we seek him, we will find him. And I will just let you know that when we find Jesus, we find everything we need. Thank you. 
So let me tell you what the biggest question of Christmas 2021 is. Will you receive Jesus? The person of Jesus. Even in the midst of all your questions, even in the midst of maybe even some of your doubts, we live in a hopelessly broken world where a lot doesn't make sense, but this is what I know. Right now, if you are in your cell watching this Pando app, I will tell you, you have questions, but the answer is Jesus. Right now, if you are at Cape Coral, you might have questions, but I want you to know the answer is Jesus. You might be right here at the Spring Creek location in the State Line area. You may have a lot of doubts. I will tell you, I don't have the answers to all your questions, but I do have an answer. His name is Jesus. In your living room right now, in your car, on your smartphone, Jesus loves you so much that he came to earth in the form of a little baby. But he didn't stay a baby. He grew up to become a man who would one day carry a cross and die on that cross because he loves you. He did not want to be separated because of our wrongdoing. And so he forgives us. I have all kinds of questions. You do too. But I know this. The answer is a person, Jesus Christ. Do you want to receive Jesus today? as your personal Lord and Savior, the leader and the forgiver of your life. It's not joining a church, but rather it's saying, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you love me. And I want to ask for forgiveness for all my wrongdoing, but I need you to be with me. I need Emmanuel, God with me. Because in the midst of my questions, be the one who's with me who saves me, who gives me heaven as my home someday. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you right now to put out of your mind all of, the, all of the pressures of life, all of the stress, maybe even the person that's sitting next to you. And I want to just invite you to invite Jesus into your life. If that's what you want to do, say, you know what, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. Just go ahead right where you're at. Even if you're alone in your living room right now, just raise your hand. God is going to see that hand. Go ahead and just raise it up. Yes, hands are up. You may go ahead and put it down. Can we all say this prayer together? And this prayer, we're saying it collectively, but God is listening to your voice individually. He knows your story. He loves you. He created you. He wants a relationship with you. And as you pray this prayer, he listens to you. So let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I need forgiveness for all that I've done wrong. I repent of all my sin and I invite you to come into my life. Thank you for dying for me. I want to live for you. I need you to be with me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God praise today for everyone who prayed that prayer.